Amen. Glad you're here again. I want to encourage you every single week to think about who you can invite to join you. We've got about 100 guys here today. If everybody would bring one person next week, we'd be at 200 people. I want to encourage you to think about who you can encourage, pick them up, meet them here, uh, to be here in our men's power lunch next Thursday. Uh, today we're going to continue our study. We've been going verse by verse through 1 Peter. Uh, throughout our men's lunch, we've been listening and hearing the truth that as men we're called to stand for the truth of Jesus Christ, we're to stand for the truth of His Word, we're to stand in a world that's going a different direction, and, and our culture lures us to sink in, to settle in, to compromise. Well, the truth is, as Christians, we're to stand out, and we're to stand up for the truth of, of, of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, the truth of that is also, when you do that, you're going to find yourself in opposition to the world. You're going to find yourself actually hated by the world. Well, our question today that we're going to look at in our verses is, so then how do you live in a world that opposes you? If that's what you've done, the Bible says it's, it's, a, it's a truth, you're going to be in opposition to the world. Well, how do you live in a world that really honestly hates you? And, and more than that, how do you live as a Christian how do you live as Christ would have you to live in a world that's opposed to you, in a world that actually hates you? Well, that is our question today. And let me just say this. It is one of the hardest things for us to do as we've endeavored to follow Jesus Christ because honestly, it is opposite of our nature. Honestly, it's opposite of how we're built to respond. We're built to pay back, especially as men. We're built to settle scores. Uh, we're built to take revenge. And, and our attitude is, you know what? Nobody's going to get one over on me. Nobody's going to do this to me. And, and I'm going to seek revenge. I'm going to pay back. Well, uh, when we become a Christian, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, when we stand for the truth of God's word, we're going to find ourselves again with the world turned against us. Well, how do we live? How do we respond as Christ would have us to respond? Uh, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 3. Today we're going to look at verses 8 through 12. I'm going to read it to you and then we'll go back and discuss it. It says this, To sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For the one who desires life to love and to see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now remember again, Peter has been instructing Christians about the reality of following Christ. Now, we sometimes have a, a misperception of what it is to follow Christ, but he's been talking to them about the reality of what it looks like to follow Christ. And remember, the last few weeks, he has told them and he's told us in no uncertain terms, if you're going to truly follow Jesus Christ, you are going to suffer unjustly. In fact, he says, if you're going to follow Jesus Christ, it's going to bring sorrows to you in the world that we operate in. Well, uh, he has told them then how to live in response to that truth. And that's what the last couple of weeks have been about. 
That's going to happen. You can count on it. This is how you live in response to that truth. Well, at the end of that, what he's been doing so far, we come to our verses today. You know what? You can expect to be persecuted. You can expect to be hated. Here's some things that you do that others are going to see that it's going to matter. And then he sums that up in our verses today. Now, let's look at the verses piece by piece. Verse 8 starts off and it says, to sum up. Now, what that means is to put it all together. Here's the driving thought. To sum it all up, uh, here's the truth. First thing we see is this. You have to have and you have to keep the right attitude. To sum it all up, here's the driving truth. Peter says you have to have and you have to keep the right attitude. Now, he describes the attitude. Listen, he says be harmonious. It means to be in harmony or really to be moving together. If something or someone is in harmony, they're moving together. He says the attitude, we're to be harmonious with each other. It says to be sympathetic. Uh, to be sympathetic means to share the same feelings. Now what that means is uh, I can understand where they're coming from because I, I try to comprehend and understand to really put myself in their shoes, to know how they feel. And so we're not to just say, you know what, I don't, I don't like this person, and I don't like this thing, and I don't like this response. We're to be sympathetic. We're trying to understand where they're coming from. Then it says brotherly. Really, we, we, we take that word and we understand it. You know what? Uh, in the same way that we would hold a brother is how we're to have an attitude, how we're going to respond to others. Now, I have a brother, and I can think about this. Uh, you know what? Sometimes you fight with your brother. Sometimes you're madder and then a hornet at your brother. Uh, sometimes you severely disagree with your brother. But you know what? They're still your brother. And that's the attitude we're supposed to have. Then it goes on and it says kind-hearted. Uh, that really means to show compassion, to feel compassion. We're to desire to be kind. That's the attitude. And then it it sums that attitude up and it says, and be humble in spirit. And maybe that's the key to the whole thing. We're to be humble in spirit. Now what that means is we're not to be self-serving. We're not to be self-exalting. Paul says that we ought not think too highly of ourselves, but we ought to put others first. And that's the attitude that we're going to have to have to exist in a world that opposes us. We have to have that mindset. Now, I want you to see here as we read this verse, we have to predetermine that this is going to be our attitude. And I'll just tell you, if you wait for the the thing, the event to happen and decide, you know what, this is going to be my attitude, most likely it's not going to happen. Notice there it says, uh, be To sum it up, all of you be harmonious, be sympathetic, be brotherly, be kind-hearted and humble in spirit. Notice that we're to be that. That means it is a choice. That means it it is a disciplined choice. It is a decision that we have to make. And notice in the context of the verse, it's actually a command. The truth is this, your actions and your works are gonna follow the attitude in your mind. And if you're hoping for something different, it's not going to be the truth. Your action and your works, what you actually do, is going to depend upon the attitude that you've predetermined in your mind. So the first thing we see, you're going to have to have the right attitude. The second thing we see, you have to have the right response. You have to have the right response. Now, Peter's been very clear with us here. In fact, the New Testament, Paul, Christ, they're very clear with us as well. 
if you've endeavored to follow Jesus Christ, trouble is coming. Sometimes, well, I, don't, I think we're going to get new cars and great jobs and we're going to skate through life. That's not what Christ says. That's not what Paul says. That's not what Peter says. They say the attacks are coming. Trouble is coming. Uh, your, your confrontation, guess what? It is coming. And so it, we see here, and we're going to look at this verse, but we see here there are two responses to the trouble that is coming. One way that we can respond is we can respond in kind, we can respond the way we've been treated, and we can actually escalate the thing. Or the second way we can respond is we can respond the way that Christ would respond. Now listen to the verse. Not returning evil for evil. And this is talking about our response. You've, been, you've received evil. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead for you recall for this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. Our response is this, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult. Again, we can respond in kind. We can do the same thing. We can escalate the matter or we can choose to respond like Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be very honest with you right here. Now, I probably shouldn't be, but I'm going to be honest with you. Some days, I would like 10 minutes. And I'll just be honest. Just to be honest, 10, I would like 10 minutes. If I could have 10 minutes to act a fool, if I could have 10 minutes to set things straight, if I could have 10 minutes, I'm going to tell you something, people would know I'm not going to be treated this way. They'd understand this is where I'd stand. And I'll just be clear. It would be settled at the end of that 10 minutes. And some days that things are happening and things are brewing, and I'm just thinking, oh, I'd like to have just 10 minutes. Let me just act a fool for 10 minutes and they'll know where I stand. Not today. Not here. Give me 10 minutes. Give me 10 minutes. That's honest. The Bible says this. We're not to return evil for evil. Evil here, the word that's used in in the Greek is a word for deed and action. When the deed is done to you and the action is done to you and it's taken out on you, you're not to return it, not even for 10 minutes. It says insult for insult. You know what? You come and you're going to insult and you're going to say this and you're going to slander me. You know what? I'm not going to return that to you. It says this, but giving a blessing instead. Now I thought about that and it's been about a couple months. I was wondering what in the world? Somebody comes and they do evil to you. Somebody comes and they insult you and it says, give them a blessing instead. And I don't even know what that looks like. Give them a blessing instead. You know what? I have to go back to the context of who we are as Christians and think about that. You know what? Our goal as Christians is that if they're not saved, somehow they might get saved. That's our goal. You know what? I could jump on them and I could, I could act a fool for 10 minutes. But you know what? My goal is if they're not saved, that somehow they might be saved. My goal is if they are saved, that they might remember the faith that they have and that we have in Jesus Christ. And so you know what? I calmly pray for that. God, I pray that they might find Christ. God, I pray that they might see Christ. Giving a blessing in return. Verse 10, that was verse 9. Verse 10 says this. For the one who desires life to love and to see good days, the one who just wants to live a good life, who wants to love, who wants to see good days, says this, he must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. 
Verse 10 starts to quote Psalm 34, and it's, it's really a quotation of Psalm 34. But what it says is this. The best way to live as a person who's standing for Christ, as a person that's in opposition to the world, the best way for you to live, the best way for you to move on, the best way for you to be able to enjoy your life is to keep your tongue from evil. To keep your lips, the Bible says, from speaking deceit. Now what this is talking about is this. It's talking about sinful speech. You want to know how to have a good life? You want to know how to stay out of chaos and trouble and, and problems? As far as it depends upon you, you resolve malicious gossip's not going to come out of my mouth. Lies are not going to come out of my mouth. Slander, tearing people down, that's not going to come out of my mouth. Threats, those are not going to come out of my mouth. Any speech that would tear another down, we have to keep those things out of our mouth. Here's what I've seen, and I bet a bunch of you can agree. Most of the problems, and you just think about it, most of the problems start with an evil mouth. Most of the problems grow and escalate also with an evil mouth. Now be sure, it's, it's a reflection of what's in their heart, but coming out of their heart, it's reflected in their mouth. How many problems start with an evil mouth? How many problems escalate because of an evil mouth? Someone that'll lie, someone that'll slander, someone that'll tear somebody down, someone that'll maliciously gossip about somebody else. You know what, as Christians operating in a world that can't stand us, that cannot be our mouth. So we see here, we're to have the right attitude. Then we see we're to have the right response. We're not to respond in kind. Then we see now in verse 11, we're also to have the right actions. Verse 11, he must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. It says here we must turn away from evil. Now, what that means for us as Christians is this. We can't hang around on the fringes of evil. We can't trifle in evil. We can't say, well, I'm just going to sit and I'm going to watch as a bystander, but I'm going to be here close to where the evil's going on. I want to tell you, it means also this. We can't listen as the evil goes. A lot of people say, well, I just listened. I want to tell you, when you sit there and listen, you add to it yourself. We have to turn away from it. We have to separate from it. That's what we do as Christians. And it says not only that, turn away from it, get away from it, but we also do good. Do good. It's hard to enter into a lot of chaos and a lot of trouble if you decide, you know what, I'm going to be doing the right thing. Do the right thing. And then it says this, seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace. Seek. Strive for peace. Chase after. Pursue peace. The goal for a Christian is not strife. The goal for a Christian is peace. Let me just tell you this, and I think you'll agree with this as well. Rare, and I don't know why, it's our sinful nature, I guess. It's our, our messed up flesh. Rare is the person who actually pursues peace. For some reason, there's something inside of us that likes trouble. There's something inside of us we like to fight. We, we like the problem. We like the drama of it all. We like to, to get there in the mix. And for some reason, a bunch of us just like crazy. Well, guess what? To operate in the world that hates us, we have to seek peace. Think about that for just a second. I was thinking about that this morning. As a kid, 
You remember being, I don't know if some of you were here from, from a long time ago, being in intermediate school here in Vernon. And we'd come out of recess and they'd say, there's a fight behind docks. My instinct was, we're rolling, we're running. That's my friend. We might even be in a fight. We don't even know what the issue is. If nothing else, we want to see it go down. We want to be part of that. We're drawn to conflict. We're drawn to drama. We like the fight. We want to say, Let's, let me holler into the, into the fight there. You know what? That's, that's opposite of what we're supposed to do as Christians. We're to separate ourselves from that. We're to seek and we're to pursue peace. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, Live by the sword, die by the sword. That's what he says. Tells Peter, put your sword away. You want to live by the sword, you'll also die by the sword. You know what, as Christians, we have to have a different attitude. It has to be predetermined. We need to have a different response. We need to be prepared to, to, to not answer in kind. We're to have a different action. We're to turn away from those things. And then the question is this, why does it matter? Why do I want to do that? Well, listen to verse 12, pretty awesome verse. For the eyes of the Lord, now don't miss that. That's talking about the living God. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears attend their prayers. I want to tell you what that means is this. God sees. God sees. Sometimes you just want to yell out, does anybody see this? Does anybody see what's going on? God sees. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. He sees, he understands, he sees that Christian and you know what, they're trying to look like Christ and they're trying to stand up for his truth. They're trying to point people to his son, Jesus, and the Lord sees that and he says, you know what, I'm going to attend to their prayers. How awesome is that? World's railed against me, world's written me off. But the living God sees and he knows and he attends to their prayers. But God's word also says this. But the face of the Lord, I can't even really picture this. The face of the true, living, creator, powerful God. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, I don't know who your biggest enemy is. I don't know what the biggest threat you've ever come across is. Can you imagine the face of the living God is set against you because you do evil? Now, what that means is this. God knows that as well. And he tells us he's going to deal with that. He's going to settle all the scores. Everything the Bible says is going to come to light. You think it's hidden? You think nobody knows about the, the maliciousness of your heart and the, the, the destruction you've caused with your mouth? Everything is going to come to light. You may think you got away from it. You may have got away with it. But God knows that and justice will be served. His face is set against him. Book of Romans also says it in the Old Testament as well. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Now, what that means is this. It's not our issue. It's not our retribution to seek. It's not our revenge to take. You know what? I'm going to be kind, and I'm going to be harmonious, and I'm going to steer my feet away from evil, and I've had enough crazy, and I've had enough drama, and I'm going to try to look like Christ, and I'm going to trust the living God that he sees and he settles, and we're going to trust that to him that we might serve his cause. Let me just tell you something today. We better start teaching this. And we better start standing on this. Because as, as men who are deciding to stand up for the truth of our Savior Jesus Christ and to live according to His Word and not the goofy mess that the world is presenting as truth, you're going to be persecuted. We're going to be persecuted. And we have to have already resolved. You know what? How am I going to deal with that? I'm going to look like Christ.
that others might find Christ and put their faith in Jesus Christ. That's why it exists. God forgive us, me, for poor responses. But God empower us to look like Jesus Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come and I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the truth of your word. I'm thankful that you didn't switch it around on us. You didn't lure us in and say, every day is going to be awesome and great blessings are going to come upon you and you're not going to have any trouble and the, the world's going to accept you. But you tell us straight out that the world's opposed to this truth. And so you tell us it's going to be hard. And you tell us if we actually stand, it's going to be, it's going to be against and opposed to the world. But then you even are so gracious and kind that you tell us how to exist even in that. I pray for us in this room that we would already predetermine what our attitude is going to be. That we would predetermine and we'd pray for the power for what our response is going to be. That we would already know that imitating Christ, what our action is going to be. And then I pray that we would take peace and hope in knowing that the living God sees. And he's faithful and he'll settle the score. But as for us, we go back steadfastly working about your cause. Pray for the men in this room. Bless them. Teach them. Train them. Encourage them. Let them stand for something. Let them exist for something. Let them lead in their home the way you've called them to lead. Let them lead in their jobs and their community as a witness for Jesus Christ. Let them serve in the church as we need them to serve for the glory of the living God. Help us in that. We trust this to you. We're thankful and we praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.